0: Lord, I pray as we get into the word that you would help us as truly the interest of your word brings light in life, and I pray that the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ would shine bright in here today. Lord, I pray through the revelation of your word that your people could love you more dearly, follow you more nearly, and and hear you more clearly. Now, Lord, I ask that you let the words to my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, you're my strength and redeemer. In every glad, happy heart, say amen look at somebody on your left or your right and say, you know what, I'm just glad you are here. If you're at home, you need to be looking at somebody that's on your couch, in your pajamas, with your coffee and enjoying your church service and say, I'm glad we're at home here. You know, if you're down in the lower venue, I just want you to just wave a hand because you count and God sees you. So wherever you're at today, we are a family of believers together and we're going to do the second sermon in our We Are Family series. One thing that the pandemic has done for me, is somebody looked at me and said, the pandemic been a blessing. I said, now that's a strange thing. You don't say that publicly, you know. But what they were referring to is the reality is that when you're shut down, and you can't do as many things as you normally would do, you start to really making a list of improvements to your life. I'm going to spend more family time. I'm going to go get an education. I'm going to start a a hobby. I'm going to start start working out. I'm going to to lose weight. And You've got this list, and you've got this checklist. Now, as we look back over the five months we've been going, and and we even say, I'm going to be closer to Jesus. And and all of that sounds right, but when you start looking at the list, we have fewer things, in my estimation, to check off than we would like to. Because even though we've been given the blessing of time, it doesn't mean you're taking advantage of time. And you begin to find that the construct of your life in the past may have had deeper meaning than you even realized. In other words, we draw energy and strength from one another that we that, it, that it is invisible but it is necessary for your everyday living. You know, there is a famous phrase. It says the the I think the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Anybody ever believe that? You but you know it's you you got you got the right attitude. You, you even got a road map. You got the right intention, but you're not really going anywhere. Funny, sometimes your engine can be blown out and you can have all the right, in, the right equipment, but it can be broken. And so, we see that we've developed a life in a lifestyle where being isolated and being alone and doing life on our own terms by necessity has caused us to believe that this is the road, the only road to success or fruitful living or beneficial life. And now we're in this little quagmire, this little thing where we don't know if we want to keep the life we just received or get back to the life we used to have. And in your mind, it's this battle going on. Do I need to be the new me or the old me? And you're just stuck somewhere, not really knowing what to do next. Don't worry. I'm gonna help you get a why behind. What do you do when you're in that moment where you don't know whether your present situation or your past situation is the one that you should embrace the most in order to move to the future that God wants you to have. You know, I, you know just a real request before we get a little deeper into the message. You know, you can be as verbal <laughs> as you want to be in the service. I know you think, because the Mass is on, it muzzles your mouth, but you know, one way you participate, you say, amen, glory to God, hallelujah, praise you, Jesus. I know, it's a new church, you know, it's a new life. We're just doing a new thing, but just, you know, it's right there failure. if you want it. It's right, just grab it. Just grab, just practice, grab your, hallelujah. hallelujah, you know, just grab that. Yeah, praise God, praise God. All right, all right, let's jump right into the scripture, okay? Second Timothy, here we go. You then, my child, I love the beginning of Paul's address to Timothy, you then, my child, and this is not his blood relative. This is not someone that he birthed. But he did birth him in the spirit. He is a spiritual son. And I know that this the attempt of the enemy to only give value to the people who are in your bloodline above everybody else. But I'm here to tell you that Paul is as valuable to Timothy as his mother Lois and his grandmother Eunice. They, they are valuable, and sometimes the Bible says, better is a friend near you than a brother far away. I'm telling you that we are really, when we are washed in the blood of Jesus, we are blood brothers and sisters. We are family, and I know that the enemy can tell you, you don't need that church anymore. You don't need your small group anymore. You don't need your leaders anymore, but I'm here to testify to you that that familial connection that we have is so necessary that somebody can look at you and say, my child. Mother Carter has gone on to be with the Lord, and we did her funeral the other day. But I love it when she would sit back there. And she said, Come here, son, and she'd give me that kiss and put that lipstick on my, on my cheek. She's not my natural mother because she's in Detroit. But there's something good about when a church mother just gives you a holy kiss and makes you feel all warm on the inside. It says, My child. Then he says, Be strengthened. You know, you need people in your life who can identify when weakness is on you instead of strength. Who do you walk closely with enough that can identify that you're at a deficit instead of being uh, at full strength? Who knows you? Who, who, who's aware of where you're going to fall, where you're going to mess up, when you go, who's your accountability partner? You know, he knew that Timothy needed to be strengthened. The, it's, a, it's a verse in the Bible. I have it in my notes. I don't want to mess it up for you, just for y'all taking notes. In 2 Timothy 1 and 8, he says, do not be ashamed of the testimony about the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in our suffering for the gospel. Be strengthened. You know, Timothy was in that condition where the church was new, but it was being persecuted, and it wasn't real popular to be like a Christian. It wasn't popular to identify with Paul. It wasn't popular to identify with the church. Do you know, you might be like me, a bit mystified that the church seems to be absent from the social narrative of the world. And instead of jumping out there and saying that you're a Christian or a believer, you just kind of jump out there in silence. You just kind of jump out there and just jump under the flags and the banners that exist because it is something about when you say you're a Christian it seems now too far left or too far right or too far out of the game or or it doesn't seem to be identifying with the real tenets of the faith of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when we serve and so instead of being proud of the gospel in the church we're ashamed of the gospel in the church and I don't want to I don't want to identify with it but I'm telling you just like Paul had to tell Timothy be strengthened because even though you looks like you're weak our God is strong and his strength is made perfect in witness weakness be strengthened in the Lord be strengthened with his might those that wait on the Lord they shall renew their strength you gotta stay on in there I know there's been some letdowns I know there's been some frustrations I know that there's been some confusion are we people of faith or people of fear But don't worry about any of that. Don't be ashamed now that God is on the scene leading you in a more ferocious, definite way. You just need to rise to the occasion and be strengthened. And he says, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The grace is unmerited favor. The grace is what you and I don't deserve. The grace, you are saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God. Not a works lest any man should boast. The grace gives you strength to come into his presence and get all the favor and everything you need. The grace makes mercy available. The, the Mercy says, you know what? You deserve to get sent to hell, but I'm going I'm I'm to I'm let you off the hook. And then grace says, and I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff you didn't work for. He said that knowledge is supposed to strengthen you. That knowledge is supposed to make you feel good. And he said, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Family, this is our ministry. Family, let's keep on ministering. This is our ministry. This is our ministry. Entrust the faithful men. Who are you? You are faithful men and women who identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. But you have an assignment. Now, I know that the world has told you that your communion is not necessary. It's not an essential service. I know that the world told you that baptism was not an essential service. I know that the world told you that prayer and worship was not an essential service. I I know that the world told you, you you can get the word of God from anywhere, just pick anything, but you can't. How can you hear without a preacher and how can he preach to you except he be the one sent to you? So so I'm telling you that let's reverse all of this stuff that comes from man's wisdom and let's embrace God's wisdom. You are essential members of the body of Christ. Glory to God. Family, family. Let's keep ministering. Somebody needs your prayer. Somebody in the hospital right now needs your prayer somebody needs you somebody before you need leave is going to need you to grab their hand in faith and not fear I can't tell you to do it I can't tell you when it's going to happen but if you listen to the Holy Spirit tell you when it's time to minister yes it might put you in a position of risk but wear your mask try to social distance but when God the Holy Spirit speaks to you to do something family keep on ministering because the deliverance of a personal experience is too important and it's too good and too necessary to let it be neglected don't neglect the gift that's in you but just fan it into flame so that those can be those people can benefit who need it keep on ministering now when you minister there's a certain way you need to do it you need to have some skill and i know when you're out of practice you don't have skill in ministry you're a little you know your hug can be a little too tight today your spacing You know, you may have mess up on your spacing. You may fumble over a few of your Bible verses. You may have just a mustard seed of faith when you pray for somebody, a family. Keep on ministering. Keep on ministering. They say that divorce is up, suicide is up, bad nutrition is up. Every social category is in a negative, and less than in half of the people who used to go to church, half don't go no more. Not online, not physically. So half of the body of Christ. But just as fast as they left, if you keep on ministering, they'll come back. You need to call about 10 friends and say, you need to get back to the house of God. Because you've got a prophetic power on the inside of you that I'm calling out of you. You're not ordinary pew sitter. You're anointed of God to deliver ministry to the broken and the hurting. All you need to do is come with an encouraging word. And all of a sudden, your neighbor that had been closed the whole time you're living next to him said, I've been waiting on you to invite me to something. Here's how you minister. Verse 3 says, share in the sufferings as a good soldier Christ, How many people like suffering? Raise your hand. Suffering. Suffering saints. do you hate that word when the Bible puts words in there that make you mad? Nobody want to suffer? Let's skip over. You want to skip that word. A soldier knows how to go without food, clothes, water, inclement weather. They will stand on their post for every other person's benefit but their own. A soldier, when they enlist, delist from serving themselves and enlist to serving others. Man, a soldier is somebody we honor because every time you see a soldier in a uniform, he's saying, your life is more important to me than my own. A soldier? Who Give them high esteem. And when he calls us good soldiers of Christ, if an earthly soldier could deny himself earthly pleasure, how much more should we as soldiers of Christ deny ourselves of earthly pleasure for the pleasure of the Lord? He says, no soldier Notice he didn't even say a few soldier. He said no soldier. In other words, you can't call yourself a soldier at all. He said no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. Now, that will to mess you up right now. Because it's a lot of things for civilians. I mean, it's a lot of things that can draw your attention to civilian pursuits right now. And they will all be worthy, and they will all seem worthy, and they will all seem right. But if they distract you from being a soldier of Jesus Christ, a minister of reconciliation, you can't get entangled with it. You can't get entangled with your political party if it estranges you from your Christian obligation. You can't get entangled with any propaganda of any kind that gets you all off course. If you didn't know, the Bible says you've been bought with a price, therefore you're not your own, therefore glorify God with your bodies. That means everything you do is for Christ and through Christ and when you do whatever you want to do, you're just stealing yourself from God. He says, the sense, his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Who are you living to please? Who are you living to please? I live to please myself because I have favorite foods to eat. I saw some of y'all today and I thought about all the favorite foods you can cook me. Jerry, I thought about a chess pie when I saw you today. I ain't ain't had a chess pie in a long time. Don't send me one, because I'm trying to be disciplined, but man, I would like a chess pie. That's, I just confused myself. See, a soldier, He doesn't live to please himself. The captain of the Lord's army is who you live to please. That's where you go left when he says go left, go right. Is the Lord the head of your life? Or during COVID, did you become the head of your life? Do you come to church because you felt like it today? You go to check it out? Or did the Lord instruct you and you said, yes, Lord, I'll come. When you stayed home today, did you do it because the Lord instructed you to stay home? Or did you do it because you felt like you wanted to stay home? Because you can't have faith and fear at the same time. But fear, but, but, but faith doesn't say you don't have wisdom. We're here having wisdom because it's time to come home. All y'all sitting up there with a mask on, uncomfortable heart, can't breathe good, but you're getting the word. Some of y'all sneaking it half low, like, oh, you know, I see you. You sneak, because I snuck it earlier myself. I know how to sneak too. Sneak it right down. Well, we had communion. I had to take it off for a minute, so let's leave it off. Family, let's minister with this mindset. Look at it, verse, verse 5. He says, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Nothing worse than a cheater. You know, nothing caused more fights on the basketball court than somebody cheating. An athlete, think about the Olympics, and and there were three things that the type of athletes that Paul is talking to had to agree to. One, they had to be, to qualify, they had to be Greek speaking. They had to be in, you're in. Two, they had to commit to 10 months of strict training in order to compete, and the training is non-optional. This is who God is comparing your Christian walk to. The training is not optional like, yeah, the, oh, that's the second thing, I'll kind of maybe do it. No, 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 you had to do 10 months of strict training to compete. Three, you had to offer sacrifices to Zeus. And when you were offering a the sacrifice, they would ask you questions. Did you honor all of the rules within the game and during your training? And if you didn't, you could be flogged or even killed. And that's strict. That is strict. You see, we want to be athletes sometimes, but sometimes we get that Lance Armstrong spirit where it's easier to cheat. Now, I love Lance. When he was winning, I thought, man, he was amazing. But when I found out that he had been cheating from almost the beginning. I was so mad at Lance, had to get all, rid of all my Live Strong stuff. Because I didn't no longer want to wear something that said Live Strong because it represented him. What type of Christian athlete are you? When people see you, when people see your version of Christianity, do they say they keep the rules or are you the person that they use to say that the rules are bent, that the game is flawed? How do you live? It matters. He says, so your mindset family matters. He says, um, verse six, it says it's hard, a hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of his crops, the hardworking working Farmer. You know, just if he was just a farmer, you could just say, oh, he sows and he reaps. Hard working, this means to sweat, to go to the point of exhaustion. When is the last time you went to the point of exhaustion for Jesus, not yourself? I've gone through the point of exhaustion running this morning because it's my goal in life to beat Pastor Carroll's mile split. I'm, I'm coming, Carol. Right now she can beat me, but not for long. <laughs> it's hard work. It's not simple. But do you only do hard work for you? Is it just you? The hardworking farmer, God says, now when you give me your time, talent, and treasure, He said, I'm going to give back to you first. You're going to get first fruits. You're going to get the first benefit. Now, everybody's going to tell you their plan for success and we're going to take all the, the, the words of books and, and people who are successful. Take the words from God. If you sow, you reap. If you work hard, God's going to give you a return on your harvest. And he told me, he, this whole church, this building was built off of the premise of harvest time. So you need to reap. Let me give you my last point. And that's verse... Uh, 23. We're going to read it together. Let's read verse 23. No, no, no. Let's go down to the A first, A first, A first. Let's read verse eight together. I'm going to say three, and even at home, just leave it on the screen. Ready? Read. Read this last point together. Put my point up. This is what I want you to know. One, two, three, read. Here it is. Paul said, It's my gospel. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Christ Jesus, lived the life we should have lived, died the death we should have died in our place. Three days later, he was raised again from the dead now he offers salvation to everyone who repent and believe do you believe that this is the most powerful important message on earth because timothy had to be encouraged not to be ashamed of the gospel paul made a declaration i'm not ashamed of the gospel if you're not ashamed of the gospel are you preaching the gospel because god has chosen through the foolishness of preaching to save I'm here, family, to get you to minister again. I'm here to get you in a ministry mindset. And I'm here to help you understand that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the most important thing that you can minister. But you got to be like, Paul, is it my gospel? Is it just the gospel you heard me speak or you're in a church where a bunch of people speak the gospel and you're kind of happy for their gospel speaking? Or do you have an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ where you want to tell people your testimony of where you were before Christ, what happened when the gospel of Christ came to you, and now how you live differently? This ministry brings change. This makes a difference in people's life. Family, the gospel is the most important part of our ministry. It's the most important thing you can do. The Bible says, therefore, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe and to do all that is written. You need to make the gospel in discipleship. When's the last time you talked to your small group? Well, nobody called me. Well, so, well, we'll, we'll call them. You need them. Don't just keep living in isolation. Everything you do, with or without words, needs to communicate the gospel. Stand to your feet, family. You don't have to stand up if you're at home. Stand up if you're in the lower venue. But I want you to know something. I
1: want to be ready. I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Yes, I do. To walk in New Jerusalem, just like John. I'm praying to be ready. Praying to be ready. I'm praying to be ready. Yes, I am. To walk in New Jerusalem, just like John. And I love him. I love him because he first loved me, and he purred just my. Salvation on Calvary.
0: Family, this message is meant to be an encouragement. May you, our sons and daughters of the Most High God, keep on ministering. Your neighbor needs you. Your family needs you. The kingdom of God needs you. If you don't know how to do it, do it with the mindset of a teacher. Do it with the mindset of an athlete, of a soldier, of a farmer that works hard. And if you forget everything, don't forget the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that saved you. What would happen if tomorrow Day, you live the gospel, you preach the gospel, well, people will get saved. I know being away makes us forget our assignment, and I know that the world makes us feel insignificant to the global narrative. I'm just here to remind you that this is far from over that our God is rich in mercy and we can be strengthened by the grace to do the work of ministry. That's why I said, I want to be ready because I'm going to do this work.
1: I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Yes, I do
0: to walk in New Jerusalem just like John because John sacrificed John dispensed his ministry John kept on ministering with the right mindset the gospel if you're going to do that even if you're at home where the Lord in you raise your hand you're going to do that let me pray for you Father, in the name of Jesus, I minister the grace that is upon me to everyone with their hand raised, even that are watching me right now. A new strength is coming upon you, saith the Lord. A fresh grace is come upon you, saith the Lord. Because you said yes to me, I'll give you a spiritual endowment which you have not known up until this moment. And I am causing your gift to be fanned into a flame, saith the Lord, that what was just in you dormant will be upon you active and alive. For I, the Lord, have already called you out unto my purpose, unto my harvest field. And when you do the smallest things in my name, saith the Lord, you shall receive a harvest. Not just for me and the kingdom, but for you personally, saith the Lord, because I'm interested in you. And your life. I will build you back to where you were greater, saith the Lord, for I have called you to this place and to this time. Watch me grow you to a new level. Watch me take you to a new level. Watch my extraordinary anointing come upon you in a new way. And you see waves of breakthrough, saith the Lord, that you have not seen before. Give God praise and glory.
1: What a powerful time in the word. I hope that you took away from this time that your voice matters, that the way you live, your relationships, your life, it matters. And we'd love to partner with you. If you uh, have anything that you need prayer for, go ahead and scan the QR code that's on the screen. That'll take you to a site uh, where you can receive prayer from a pastor or a ministry team member. And it's also important to stay connected to a body of believers. And so we'd love for you to connect with us on social media, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, as those handles are up on the screen now. But church, you matter. Viewer, you matter. We're glad that you were able to join us for church today. Thank you for being here, as together we're reaching a city to touch the